All right, everybody. So welcome to the Etheric Update. As you know, I am Dr. Katherine Craig, your intuitive guide and transformation teacher here in learning, teaching, and growing with this community. So as you know, for those of you who have been listening in, my mission here on planet Earth is to help you connect to your divine self, your sacred soul, and your infinite spirit through grace, presence, and love. Today is our 10th episode of the Etheric Update, just in time for Valentine's Day. And I have my favorite incredible co-teacher and guest on today, Kate Strakosh. And Kate is a somatic educator, intimacy doula, and she has taken deep dives into the arts of erotic intelligence. She is the owner and founder of Sunshine Kate's Wellness Center in Red Bank, New Jersey, and has a degree in whole foods-based nutrition from Bastyr University, which created her foundation of working with clients to nourish themselves in deep and meaningful ways. Um, and it was through own Kate's own life experiences, and she'll share more about that with us, um, that she was led into this deeper study of energetic and emotional layers of the body through sacred sexuality, somatic therapy, and empowerment coaching. And her certifications, her vast certifications, include sex, love, and relationship coach, men's sec sacred sexuality coach, which I'm so excited we're going to probably not dive too much into that on today's episode, but we're certainly going to hit that in the future. Um, erotic somatic educator and certified yoni practitioner. So for those of you who are new to listening in, uh, one of my big pushes for those of us in the spirituality field is to engender and empower expression of free will. So for those of you who are regular listeners, you've heard me say this before, but for those new listeners, any information, exercises, or suggestions presented herein are just that. They are suggestions. There is no one right answer for every single person out there, and this information is just a way for you to engage with yourself, your soul, your spirit, your body, in new ways that may just open you up to new possibilities and explorations. So just listen in, feel into what's being delivered to you, and then you can use your powerful mind, body to decide and discern what feels right and best for you. So with that said, Kate, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on just as this beautiful Eros is starting to come down for Valentine's Day. And when we were debating about what we we're going to talk about on this episode, I'm like, do we go full in on Valentine's Day and the erotic? And we're like, that's not really what we're here to talk about today, but it just happens to be this kind of beautiful union of timing that we're bumping up against. So welcome. Thank you. It's always a deep, deep honor and pleasure to connect with you in every facet, every conversation and to share this with the community because it is an invitation to create a greater remembrance of the wisdom that we all have within us and to explore these topics that might not be as familiar on the mainstream mm -hmm. but can take us really deep into the layers of the body where we all have a lot to discover a lot to <laughs> discover yeah it's that inner exploration and Kate and I came together gosh, it's probably six months ago now. And we're both really inspired by women's work and the work around sacred sexuality and the stance between the divine feminine and masculine. And we've come together to co-teach a program called the Alchemy of Womanhood. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, what alchemy is, what that means in your life in terms of your own inner transformation, and how we can engender and bring some of these tools and resources to life within ourselves to honor ourselves in deep and meaningful ways. 
So when Kay and I were, we were talking last night about alchemy and why alchemy and what I've noticed over the years with clients is that they are specific patterns that come up, these wounding patterns, these attachment patterns, these projection patterns that turn into these programs or conditioning that run people's lives, you know, that our nervous systems become acclimated to running a certain way. And this keeps a woman from living or man, um, but today we're talking about women, a woman from living to her highest potential of power and manifestation. And Kate, you had brought in this beautiful thread about I had talked about what's missing and you were like, nothing's missing. You know, it's that reclamation process. And and truly, I feel, Catherine, that when we speak, we're speaking from our own life experiences, our own learned experiences, our own healing in culmination with the experiences that we share with clients. And we know how overstimulated we are with all the information that we can just what we were just talking about when we don't sleep at night, one non-negotiable we really honor is not getting on our phones because it is just so extremely overstimulating and taking in all that information. But very often it's looking outside and, and trying to put different pieces together. But when we can step back, it's looking at, we are whole, we are full inside. It's just how, life experiences or these wires that might have gotten really staticky and created some confusion, some disconnect, Mm -hmm. the body's way of trying to protect itself during traumatic experiences, during stress cycles. But when we can consciously take that pause, the body knows, the body knows the answers and we are so blessed that we can connect and we can share and learn from each other. And sometimes it really is reframing something that we hadn't yet recognized, but hearing it in a new way, how we can get those answers and we can gain more clarity within us. I think that's so beautiful, so beautifully said. What are some of the main patterns you've worked exclusively, mostly exclusively with women for a lot of your career. And I know you're deepening your men's work. And I've worked with a good, a good portion of my hands-on practice when I was still doing hands-on work was with women as well. Have you seen certain patterns that tend to come up for women, like across the board or cross-culturally? Yes. And I will answer that with a pattern that I noticed in myself when I reflect back in my 20s, when really that was the first door that opened into me going deeper into my own connection with my body on a deeper level within Yoni wisdom is because I was not having regular cycles and was experiencing cysts that were bursting and all the symptoms that were arising with that, that I had the story in my mind that something was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And when I really invited that space to go within, it wasn't that something was wrong. It was that I wasn't fully in my body to give it a chance to speak emotionally. And that's really looking at the emotions that had been stored up and then physically pieces that just didn't have the space to be nourished and the different dialogue between the mind space and the body. And that is something that I've seen now for over a decade working with clients 
and thinking in, in two different age ranges, women working through their fertile years, their mm -hmm. bleed years, mm -hmm. that if they are focusing on fertility and it's not happening in the time frame that they want or they're attaching to, that something is wrong with the body, something is wrong with them. And when they've experienced a pregnancy loss, that their body has betrayed them. And so much of that is, it, we can even see it when we look at a, a woman's face, that part of her soul has checked out because she feels that there's this betrayal. So with that, it's working to reclaim that trust, but that softness of of all the emotions of the shame, the guilt, maybe the embarrassment that, you know, they're around their friends, their family, and they have families and they have children and everything just, they tried for two months and they got pregnant or all the stories that come through. Yeah. And so that's a big, big population that I work with. And then traveling deeper down the road during menopausal years, when the body physically does go through changes, but without enough education, that there is a misunderstanding that, again, there's something wrong with the body. If I'm thinking of just a few current clients right now where their skin tone is changing a bit, sensitivity is changing a bit, bodily fluids are changing a bit. And speaking to you as such a, a deep wisdom keeper of Chinese medicine, we know mm -hmm. that these are the phases. Mm -hmm. But maybe that is causing a real interference with intimacy with their partners, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just at, I have one client, she refuses to even look at her body right now because she feels like it's changed so much that she's disgusted by it. And so right. the pattern with that mm -hmm. is flowing with the changes and, and finding that spaciousness to, to love what is now, because what is now is different than what it was even just a few years ago. And, so there's so much more, but thinking in terms, a lot of it really comes down to being with the body and noticing and noticing when things might not feel aligned or aligned in the mm -hmm. way that that particular person expects it to be or wants it to be. Yeah, I think just in your short time speaking, my brain's going all over the place. Um you know, there's so much to hit on here in terms of, you know, embodiment, social norms and messaging, cultural norms and messaging. And then again, the practice of sexuality and what that means as we age into ourselves without, again, judging, shaming around that process. But I want to go back to something that's always controversial and ever triggering for people whenever I say it. And you hit on it and you said it much more delicately than I always say it, but the body never betrays us. And the body is always working towards the um, cultivation of our highest self. And that's something that I came to believe again, after a very long journey with my own health, when for probably 10, 15 years, I really did feel like my body had betrayed me, you know, and wasn't showing up for me. And I was very young and I was very sick and what that you know, what had I, what had I done wrong to deserve that? And even folks in the spirituality field, you know, I encountered a lot of folks in the healing space that were like, you need to express more. You need to do this. You need to do that. Like you brought this upon yourself. Like you wished it, you know, and it's like, 
taking all of that aside, and this is sometimes the work that I'll do with clients who have had chronic illness or really difficult things, or again, fertility issues. If we go with the corollary that our body's working for our highest self and our body never betrays us, then what must be true? You know, and it's a really interesting exploration exercise, and it can be a very emotional exploration exercise for a woman to go through because it starts to unburden and unprogram and uncondition all these stories that we've told ourselves that my body's not good enough, you know, that, um, you know, I'm unable to carry a pregnancy, that I'm not able to be sexual as I age, that uh, my partner is no longer going to find me desirable. But if my body never betrays me, what must be true? You know, it must be true that it's not my time to bring a child into this world. And how must I care for myself in order to engender that? Or what are my other options if I can't physically carry a child and how might my life shift or perspective shift around that? Or with a woman who's um, going through aging and struggling to continue to connect to her partner, her sexuality, how do I need to care for myself in new and different ways that still honor my body, my changing body, you know, and really showing up that way. I was doing a yoga practice before we got on here, a Kundalini practice with you know, blessed Guru Jagat, who's no longer with us. And she was talking about that, that, you know, yogis live to two, 300 years old with vital sex lives, you know, that it was a way to cultivate the mind and the body so that you could still connect and really be in this creative force and this creative energy um, that's so important. And we talk about the the sacral chakra, the second chakra is not just about sexuality and and relating in a very Western sense that we've been programmed, you know, much through pornography and our collective programmed consciousness, but it's about creativity and how a man and a woman, you know, when the egg and sperm come together, create this new generation, this new, this new wave of human beings that literally transit through a woman's body. And when we think about the miracle that that is, it's wild to me that I've had women come to me after they've given birth to a human being and they are disgusted with their body. And where did that come from? You know, like, where did that message come from? I just one week ago, I had this conversation with a client. She only gave birth to most precious baby three weeks ago. And she was very athletic, very fit and did a lot in the realm of, of she taught physical workout Mm -hmm. classes beforehand the birth was a challenge for her body she ended up having an emergency Mm c-section and right now there's this holding and craving of wanting her body to be what it was before giving birth to this miracle and trusting in the body will return to it it's already returned to a natural state where it's healing and and she's easing back into that but the expectation and the pressure that we put on ourselves and we have a mutual friend who is her devotion is really advocating for the first 40 days to practice such it comes from ayurvedic medicine Mm -hmm. of that it's a quiet time that there's deep deep nourishment offered to baby and mom there's little movement in the way of impact walking 
I can't even say most cultures because I haven't done, you know, a cross-cultural world survey about this, but an incredible number of cultures, same thing in Chinese medicine, same thing in many indigenous African cultures, that woman and baby do not leave for 30 to 40 days. They just, it's the, they continue to gestate. And some cultures I know take it longer than 30 to 40 days. And I don't know many that take it shorter than except maybe our current modern Western culture with the pressure and overwhelm and and just the resource restrictions of folks needing needing to get back to work because we've designed our life in a certain way in which we need to meet a certain financial standard. And that's it. It's what you used it before, but the social constrictions and and the, the stigma that we have, especially in the Western world, that you get back into a certain lifestyle quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that space, but when we trace it back to ancient indigenous practices and rituals, that birth is a ritual, but then those first 40 days, maybe longer, that's the next ritual of embracing it. And and even, and I'll bring this up as well, with all the clients that I've worked with who have experienced the pregnancy loss, whether it's been miscarriage, whether it's been abortion very often they don't have the space in their schedules or haven't been supported in creating that space to to take that time for their bodies to heal anytime i mean we go through these different seasons all seasons but especially when we're in that winter season where it's meant to be and it's meant to be slow it's meant to be restorative and when a woman is bleeding, when she's menstruating, it's not meant to be this time of exerting all this mm-hmm. energy, outward energy. It's more to conserve it from within. And even during those sacred initiation months into really getting into the flow, postpartum cronehood of slowing down, but using that beautiful eros that aliveliness that is within, but the transference that moves into different creative outlets, that it isn't so much in the same, in the same output as other phases and other stages. Right. And this is such a beautiful transition into talking a little bit about the work that you and I are coming together to teach with folks, because we've put it into these six stages of, of where we're seeing it kind of goes along with the birthing process or, or again, the menstrual process or the menopausal process or the aging process, however we like to think about those transitions of women being able to identify a core piece of work that they're wanting to work on, whether it's self-study, whether it's graceful aging, whether it's understanding their fertility piece, um, whether it's looking at themselves in their partnership and how they want to move and shift that but identifying this core piece of what we call lead, you know, when we talk about alchemy, alchemy is the process of, uh, you know, back in medieval times of turning base metals into precious metals. And when we talk about alchemy in terms of our own inner work, it's about taking some of our core wounds, our core projections, our core attachments, our programs or conditioning that's been running, something that's no longer serving you, and using that as the seed or acorn in order to transform and Um, allow yourself the opportunity to reclaim those aspects of yourself. And, And the idea of revelation 
revealing those aspects to yourself and then reveling in them, enjoying them, embodying them, being with them. And so as we move through this teaching process that Kate and I have put together, we'll be identifying, like I said, that piece of lead, removing cords and attachments. So things that are kind of holding you back, because that's, that's where I think a lot of people, women especially get stuck when we're talking about client work. It's again, it's like, why well, have these obligations and my partner expects this and my job expects this and my family obligations are X, Y, and Z, you know, and traversing them and navigating them in a way that honors boundaries um, and allowing yourself to show through all of those expectations and projections that are put onto you. So that's a big piece. And then you beautifully were talking about these initiation processes and initiation rights. And I think that to me is the key piece of what we'll be working on that we no longer talk about in our society. You know, I was working with a client the other day and this had to do with um, her son, you know, teenage boys, especially that's where they, they go off track. They don't have these initiation processes of becoming a man, you know, of really having to stand up for yourself and for your tribe and for your community and embody that divine masculine energy. And so these initiation processes, these initiation rites that, again, we can do them at specific junctures, you know, of, you know, um, girls becoming teenagers, teenagers becoming women, birth is a whole initiation process, not only for mother, but for baby, you know, menopause, death, dying. Um, And so I just invite you to tell us a little bit more about your work in initiation processes and how that comes to life. And I'm glad you're bringing this up because with initiations, we don't need to wait for one, one event to occur or one thing to be healed. It's not like we're, we're taking this step and saying, Oh, when, when I have more time in my schedule and when the kids are out of the house or when my workload lightens a bit, then I do this. Sometimes the initiation comes when we are in the fire. When we least want it, yeah. (laughs) When we least want it, (laughs) when we are at least expecting it, and when we feel like our stores are so low. But in those times, that's the initiation. That's that invitation. It's like, yes, it's already in you to, Mm -hmm. to come forward. The strength is there. The resilience is there. And from there, it begins. And there's so many different ways we can look at this, even just if we were to both do our own reflection of our Mm -hmm. journeys and the most transformative moments. I can think of a a few right off the top of my head when it wasn't like I was standing watching the sunrise saying, I'm ready for this. And this is my next step. No, no, it's never like that. (laughs) It's like you were beaten, you are beaten down, you're exhausted, like everyone's coming at you, your phone's going off a hundred different ways, you get sick, like, you know, like the, yeah, like your house goes, you know, like the, for me, it was like the apartment I was living in went for sale. And I was like, well, let's speed up the timeline on what we had planned. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. It's almost like this expedited time frame from what, what we're predicting. And something that I just always remind and invite clients to take this in and see how it lands. When the body brings something up, ready or not, there is comes, a, yeah. deep, a deep remembrance of, I am strong enough to move through this. I already know the tools or, okay, we can navigate this together. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, 
I, I'm really excited as we go into this journey that there are different invitations that we'll be all exploring together around mm-hmm. initiations and and looking back and even in this present time where we all will be meeting together what feels like it's ready to move into that alchemical cauldron that we can we can surround it with compassion we can sound, surround it with softness with love it might be a reoccurring wound it might be a reoccurring limiting belief it might be that thing that when you wake up in the middle of the night that chatter that's really alive in in the mind or a pattern that might be interrupting certain a- aspects whether it's self-sabotaging pattern but we work with what is coming through and practicing together different tools practice practice is right. everything because right. it will and be I, different there's a, a couple things coming to mind as we're talking here you know and we talked about the elements of shedding the initiation and we're kind of touching on all these three next um aspects of the healing vortex that we would get into is the ripening the conuntio or union the inner union um and then the tribe or the village and so as we're talking about this and the way people move through, you've been doing healing work for a long time. I've been doing, but combined we have, I think over, I want to say close to 30 years experience, but um, number I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So combined we have close to 30 years experience, if not 30 years and um, talking about, especially when just to highlight this, like when COVID happened, you know, March, 2020, I looked around and again, like I'm a healer with very big shoulders. I know you're a healer with very big shoulders. And I was struggling in a lot of ways with what was going on um, all over the place because it was very much a chaotic energy. And I'm somebody, again, like the dark side of me who's, you know, I'm very metal element. I'm a Scorpio. I like the deep, dark grief, you know, kind of the ugly stuff that a lot of people don't like to look at. And this chaos that was ensuing it finally hit me probably after like four to six weeks of watching the the energy patterns that were happening. Probably after four to six weeks of that happening, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible opportunity because as you've watched clients and your own inner work through over the years, there's a very specific pattern to what I call the healing vortex or how people move through their inner work in order to engender healing, change, transformation in their life. And I was like, the amazing thing about like the worldwide pandemic is in terms of people's own inner work and how they're moving through conditioning programs, wounds, attachments, is that I'm like, everybody's in this healing vortex right now, like going through the dark passage, but 98% of them don't know what's going on or what they're feeling or how to kind of ride those waves. So once you kind of unpack that, That's one of the reasons we're doing this work is so that we can bring some awareness to what women are feeling, experiencing, knowing, witnessing, and starting to highlight there's a very specific, it's not always a linear turn of events. Um, Oftentimes it's, it's kind of all over the place, but starting to recognize this pattern, it's like, okay, like I'm stuck at this point. Like I'm stuck at this initiation. I'm like at the portal of the dark passage. I'm scared to go through it, but the only way out is through. So it's like, am I going to continue to stand at the, that juncture of the dark passage and just 
kind of bounce back and forth? Or am I going to allow myself to go through that dark passage, knowing that I'm witnessed, supported, showing up in womanhood, in tribal energy, in village energy, and know that I can walk in the faith of knowing that I'm going to be okay. And even if I'm not okay, that I'm going to be supported because my body never betrays me and my village never betrays me, you know, and allowing that to become an integral part of a woman's life. The tribe energy, the village energy is such a pillar of what we both know to be true in our own lives and that connection, but also working with communities. Mm-hmm. And and knowing that even if these are people that you might never meet in the flesh that we gather from mm-hmm. different areas around the world, around the country, that all of our life experiences have very similar templates beneath them, yeah. that we have the capacity to experience joy, to experience and drop into states of how we feel good and Mm -hmm. how we embrace the openings and the flow of life. And we all, all have experienced loss. We've experienced dysregulation in our nervous systems because Mm -hmm. of illness or supporting family members or divorces or breakups Mm -hmm. or death, every aspect. And although each individual has a different story, it's, it's the same underneath it. And that's where that innate wisdom of the soul and the mind and how the body, when we join together to be witnessed, to be held, that we open up to deeper levels of, of healing. And there's a level of accountability that comes along with that too, that sometimes we do, we have those, sometimes maybe it's not a fire, maybe it's just a tiny little flicker of a flame, but there's something that's brewing inside that wants to be birthed that wants to be put to rest. But when we can be held in that community space, it does give that traction, that momentum to move forward. Yeah. And with that, it's also, it's reminding the essence of this radiance that we have inside of us. And that's probably the most commonly used word in, in my language that I resort back to, because when I envision the heart space, when I envision the solar plexus, how we digest life and integrate it. And then the sacral, which is creation and creativity and flow and fluidity. As we can open up to more and more radiance, it ignites this light within us, but how we start to shine that out in the world and the ripple of, as we're doing our work, mm-hmm. how that consciously and subconsciously gives other permission from individuals to do so. And there's just something so sacred about that. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of tie that back in a a roundabout way to the idea of the vessel. You know, whenever alchemy takes place, it needs to be in a container. And one of the big reasons I transitioned from my hands-on work to this work was, you know, I had some clients who had been coming to me for 10 years who were still kind of like repeating these same, you know, and again, no judgment there, but it, as a practitioner and, you know, as we're speaking to maybe some other practitioners out there, it was taking a toll on me, you know, and it was leading to a lot of burnout to see folks who I cared deeply about kind of going through these same, you know, um, 
iterations and patterns of wounding and, and maybe not moving into the fullest expression. And the reason I'm doing the work I do now, and for those of you who know, I rarely do kind of one off, you know, readings or sessions for people. I like to have a container around what specific issue we're working on, what specific patterns we're working on so that there's a beginning, middle and end. And with that said, the end doesn't mean that there's a full resolution, but that there needs to be this container or vessel at work, you know, just as like, this is where the radiance came in talking about that, that Agni or the fire in the navel chakra, you know, and how that radiates this fire out into the body and what you were expressing out into the atmosphere, but it's a container that needs to hold this fire. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a container that we need to allow the element of fire to engender its transformation. And because as you know, like we can see the the fire element is an incredibly powerful element, but if it's not contained, if it's not contained, it leads to chaos and destruction. And mm -hmm. so that's really the cultivation energy that we're bringing in, that we have a beginning, a middle and an end, and that there's a certain patterning and not a programmed or conditioned patterning from our cultivated, uh, corrupted consciousness, but a divine patterning mm -hmm. of everything, what you're saying, these commonalities that all of us as humans experience. We all experience death. We all experience birth. We all experience grief. We all experience joy. And that's where some of this archetypal work is so beautiful to bring in too, because we've gotten into such a place where it's like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me or that doesn't apply to me. But we all sabotage ourselves. We all have to compromise ourselves in, in what would be... Um, encapsulated in what we call a prostitution archetype we all have to in our human incarnation we all make these compromises and bargains um you know so it's really understanding and for those who who have been resistant to group work i was one of you at one point i hated group work um but it's the witnessing and the tribe and the village that eventually even if you start to have disdain or resistance to the village at times that is what holds you and that is what will continue to engender your journey on the path ahead you know whether you stay in your own village or move on to another village at some point right and that's really dropping into the flow of mm -hmm. what's bringing there are always lessons that we can learn from each other and how we reflect that back to ourselves so dropping into this flow of how as we gather together mm -hmm. what is the greater collective opportunity for learning. And then from beneath that, what can I, and how can I relate this to myself right now? And this is something that I'm less familiar with. So I'd love to invite you to speak more about it. Our erotic intelligence. And I think when some people see that they're going to be like, you know, they're either going to be very intrigued or they might, it might be like a little bit of a, oh, I don't know if that's for me. Um, mm -hmm type of reaction so would you tell us a little bit more about like what that means in the course of your work and in the course of women's work and how um how we can think of eroticism in a way that's not linked to again like our pornographic culture mm -hmm. that right we associate it with so frequently right and when we associate it with that it's this quick expectation of performance mm -hmm. erotic intelligence is really coming back to the word eros, the liveliness that we do have inside of us. But 
when I use this word arousal, it doesn't even need to be applied to sexual arousal, Mm -hmm. but how we come alive in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So for me, erotic intelligence is waking up and going up to watch the sunrise from the beach and in taking a few moments of breathing, of feeling my breath in my body, watching the magnificence of, of colors transform, but how I can relate that to how do I feel alive? And there are some days it's not necessarily when I'm arriving in this joyful state. It, it sometimes feels I could be crying, I could be screaming, yeah. mm-hmm. but the erotic intelligence is allowing ourselves to really use our own awakening, our own turn on to help navigate and guide us through life. Unrelated to we can be turned on mm-hmm. by someone else's essence. Yes, the sunrise can be a, a turn on, but it's using the reclamation, the sovereignty of our own energy and mm-hmm. how we can navigate that. Mm-hmm. So when I feel the least connected to my erotic intelligence is when I'm on technology for a really long period of time, mm-hmm. whether I'm I'm looking at something and just seeing these images or I'm reading and I I have not even connected to my body. I've done that a few times and I've, I've shared this story where when women start to do yoni steaming at home, mm-hmm. I will make a strong recommendation not to be on a computer or a phone while they're doing that. There was one time I set up a beautiful steam for myself and I wrote a blog and I had set a timer, timer went off. I realized I didn't even feel the heat even, because yeah. I was so checked out. Mm-hmm. So knowing what the awakening, the turn-ons are and knowing for ourselves. And that takes practice. That takes coming back and maybe we go through de-armoring rituals and practices that we'll be exploring. We'll be going into those places where we've become so tuned out, so numbed out that we can't even identify the template of of that piece. And that will be different for each of us. For each of us. And that's where I think and I, I feel like for, again, 15 years, I've been saying this practice, practice, practice. And I don't think I'm going to keep saying it till the day I die, until people understand the depth of what that means. You know, people are like, we're in such a culture where people want to, oh, I checked the boxes. Like I can even see like with our modules, people are like, well, I did the initiation. I did the ripening. I did the conunctio. Like, where's my transformation? It's like, this is a practice and an invitation. Yeah. And it never stops and it never ends until we become enlightened, which that's not in my (laughs) path on this lifetime. I know that. Um, But I'm going to continue practice and practice to me is the gift, but it's taken me a long time to get there because it's frustrating. And this is one thing I encounter with clients quite frequently is this frustration piece that will continue to come forward, you know, especially again, as we're Western minded and it's like, well, I've checked these boxes. Why isn't this happening? And you see this mm-hmm. again, fertility clients, this happens all the time. Well, I'm eating right. And I did this and I did that. And I've done the IVF and, I'm, you know, my husband's, you know, sperm counts up and my egg, you know, it's like all the boxes are checked and it's still not happening. Right. And then we have to look um, deeper at what the boundaries around that process are and what the practice is going to be moving forward so that the practice is not necessarily engendering a baby at that point. The practice is making sure we're caring for self, we're caring for soul, we're showing up in our community and we're showing up in our partnership to the best of our potential. And that's a hard, 
hard practice for many women to integrate mm-hmm. into their life, you know, that their self, you know, their highest self and the journey of their highest self is ultimate, you know, to the goal at hand. And to find that forgiveness within themselves that it go back to what we we had started this part of the conversation around porn that it's this performance based mm. right. faster cadence of right. this is what's done and this is the outcome of it yeah that practice there could be a lesson that comes up over and over and over again even shifting it to a focus in the kitchen and taking time for cooking and preparing preparing food and for actually eating the food in a pace that is nurturing mm-hmm. and compared to, okay, I'm eating this food because it's going to help my hormones and it's going to help mm-hmm. luteinizing hormone and, and, right. up and yeah. go into the, all yeah. the storyline yeah. or, or looking at relating that to these expectations of how we want our bodies to feel and to look a certain, certain mm-hmm. way that most of our work, yes, we're inviting coming in through the physical realm, but it goes deeper, deeper into working with the mental realm and then really dropping into the emotional and the energetic realms Mm -hmm. and how we can invite this invitation for all of it to be part in the vessel, be here together and to all have a space to communicate through us. It's incredible. And again, this type of work was such a gift to me as I went through all of my health challenges as I've went through, you know, personal challenges as I've gone through, um, you know, the life of being a human being, and, you know, and I'm so thankful for all the teachers and mentors I've had along the way, not only, you know, my learned scholar teachers, but again, colleagues and um, beautiful wise souls like you that I've encountered where we learn, you know, from each other in friendship in a lot of ways. And to me, that's an incredible gift. And it's something that I want to continue to offer out to other women out there so that as a society and as a culture, as each one of us does this little bit of inner work, it continues to ripple out into the ether, you know, and it continues to ripple out to impact the communities around us. Because as we can see, like the communities need healing and that's not a judgment, you know, it's not to shame anybody, but it's, it's seen and it's necessary and it's being witnessed. And we're at this incredible moment in time, especially in the United States of America, where despite some of the difficulties we're undergoing, we have resources as human beings that we have never had access to before. We have knowledge, you know, and ability and foresight and healthy bodies and healthy minds that we've never had access before in recent human history. I think know we could get into like the the ancient history of it all I think you know but it was lost somewhere along the way and we're we have this beautiful invitation to re-engender to reclaim to reveal that innate knowledge that that's been you know pushed under the earth into this crystalline grid you know so I'm excited for all of it bring it alive and in our own way to do it I'm excited too yeah 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 So with that said, we've been talking all of your ears off and we thank you so much for listening. Um, It's with so much gratitude. um, Thank you. Yeah, that Kate and I are doing this work and and we encourage you um, 
you know, to reach out to either one of us. Kate is at Sunshine Kate's on Instagram and I'm at Catherine underscore etheric on Instagram. Um, or again, leave a comment on the podcast. We'll get back to you. Send us a message to our websites. We'll get back to you. Everything's going to be linked up in the show notes. But um, as you know, as you begin to follow along with the etheric updates, um, we build and grow this energy with each other as a community. Our growth, our power, our knowing is only amplified. Um, and that is the beauty of this healing work. So it ripples out, just as we said, in the most incredible and unimaginable ways. So like we shared, we have a couple programs coming up. I have a couple spots for Sacred Soul Sessions beginning March 1st. So if you have questions about that, I'd love to set up a little discovery call with you. Um, and that's for a person who's at a life crossroads and is looking to do a deep dive into their soul pattern in the context of where they're at in their life transition. Like Kate and I said, we have this incredible offering, the Alchemy of Womanhood that begins March 14th. We have early bird pricing available till March 1st, and then there'll be a little bump up after that. So registration will close um, the morning of March 14th, and we've only got a limited number of spots. So if this work calls to you, we'd encourage you to join us. If you join with a friend, we also have a little discount code as a thank you for um, joining with a friend and engendering the community. So you can head over to theetheric.com and find some more information on that. And with that said, a big thanks for listening today. And if you're interested in learning more, you can like, subscribe, leave a review, a question on the podcast or YouTube. We're on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And to stay up to date, as we shared before on workshops, events, programs, the best platform, again, is our Instagram. Mine's Catherine underscore etheric and Kate is at Sunshine Kate's right now. So if our discussion moved or resonated with you, don't forget to share it with a friend. Um, and there's so much more to come and I cannot wait to see you all on our next episode. So major thanks, big gratitude. And thank you, Kate, for being here. It was a real honor and a pleasure as always. The same right towards you. Thank you. Thank you.